fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. The students are storming the field. Happy, happy, happy day. Mark it down. December 3rd, 2011. When the college football world changed and a new power emerged in north central Oklahoma. For years, a program made fun of tonight against their arch rivals and one of the kings of college football. A total domination tail-whipping, emphatic victory. Not to be made fun of again. Oh, boy. Man. That performance has some Oklahoma State fans upset at uh, the state of the program up there in Stillwater. Um... That was a whipping, Tyler. <laughs> Worst loss of his uh, OSU career. Worst yeah. loss. Um, at least Central Michigan was a little bit of a fluke. Right. They got dominated by South Alabama, 33-7, and really they may have been fortunate to even score. Very close to being shut out on their home field by South Alabama. Oof. Yep. Yep. Man. Um, whew. That is uh... – that's tough. In a very he, interesting press conference today, ask about oh yeah. uh, the quarterbacks, how they graded out at the South Alabama loss. Quote, ah, they're pretty good, end quotes. Yeah. Saying uh, he also said this, quote, uh, about major issues. I don't think we have majors. I'm just being honest. I'm going to be able to give you a really good thoughts three weeks from now. Let me go back now. What did we? What we did out there Saturday was ugly. I'm not saying anything other than that. But I'm saying I don't see it as a major issue. When I watched the tape, I felt a lot better than I did when I went home. Let's put it that way. I think everything that we're doing, we can improve in enough to play and compete and give ourselves a chance to win games, in quotes. Yeah. Well, Hmm. they have to get better on the offensive line. And I I don't know that they've got any type of quick fix for that. And I don't know that they've got... And I don't know their roster all that great, but it feels like they're a really long ways away on the offensive line. Um, Now, And a lot of other positions as well. South Alabama is, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for Oklahoma State, but that's that's a pretty good football team. You know, that's, that, that squad has some, some players that have been on, They've transferred in from some big-time programs. So I'm not suggesting that the talent level should be close between those schools, but it is. 
And well, I don't know if it, it didn't it, look all that close on Saturday. Well, it looked like South Alabama's a yeah, hell of a lot better than OSU is. That's right. I guess what I'm saying is like it's it's not like they outmanned someone and that team came in and just whipped them on the field that day. Like you saw better players out there, which is you know it's something to think about overall, though, Tyler. As as you look at. The way college football has unfolded this year, I, I don't know, I don't know how good anyone is. I I had that down today on the rundown sheet, and someone texted in last hour and said, "Is there anyone in college football that's looked better so far through three games, more consistent or whatever?" I mean, you could definitely make a case for OU, and it hasn't been all that perfect, just because like Georgia didn't look all that great on Saturday. Nor have they right. up to the first three games. Texas has been extremely hot and cold. Uh, Michigan really hasn't played anybody, but like Florida State, they have one of the best wins in the country, but almost got beat by Boston College. It, Here's it, the it, thing: it feels very, it feels very wide open now. Now we'll still probably get four blue bloods in the playoff this year, but at least right now it does feel open as to who the who the uh, national champion could be. Here's the thing, man. Okay, Georgia, they're the they're the number one, and rightfully so. But you know, Georgia's—they've lost some guys in the transfer portal. You know, one of their wideouts is making a bunch of plays for Texas. One of their defensive linemen is making plays for USC. Um, you know, there's there's players that have left a lot of these programs that were beat out or rotational guys that wanted to start. But that affects your overall team. And I, I feel like we are perhaps, and maybe things change, and I'm sure you know the teams at the top are going to continue to get better and they're going to separate, but I think we're finally seeing the transfer portal yeah. level the playing field to some degree, man. Yeah. Look at Joe all Joe Klatt said exactly yeah. that earlier today, by the way, what you're saying. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I really think that that's the case. You see a lot of these non-Power 5 schools that are are putting up a, a really good fight. I mean, Colorado is 19 in the AP. Is it, Can you tell the difference between Colorado at 19 and Colorado State? Uh, Colorado State should have won that football game. I don't know if anybody else has paid attention to that. That's right. Should have won the game. That's right. Um, th- I mean, there's... I told there Greg and Lawton in the third quarter that they were going to win the game the other night. They didn't – I mean, no, to answer your question. They choked it away. I mean, Alabama's lost players in the transfer portal, and they're barely getting getting past South Florida. Now, we'll see if things – I mean, it was a weird week, and we kind of knew it. Right? Whenever you've got a week where there's no top 25 matchups, you know that there's some weird things that are going to happen, and they did, but – if this trend continues, you got to think that there's a there's a bit of a leveling off going on, and I'm fascinated to see how it unfolds. And I think the teams that are recruiting really well and are building a really good culture that can hang on to their players are going to be the ones in the end that are uh, standing at the top. One uh, one more thing on Oklahoma State, since they're never to be made fun of again. <laughs> Here are their current offensive ranks as it sits today. Uh, A reminder to everyone out there, there are 130 FBS uh, football teams. Right. 
one-tenth in points per game, 94th in rushing yards per game, Mm. um, 127th in yards per passing attempt, 122nd in yards per play, 85th in third down conversions, one-tenth in run plays of 10-plus yards, Uh. 109th of pass plays of 20-plus yards. Uh. Yeah, that OSU offense that we're used to seeing throw up big numbers. Not happening this year. And OSU's been so bad here. They're an underdog at Iowa State on Saturday who uh, barely scored against Ohio. I was Uh, about to say, I mean, when you look at those rankings, uh, Iowa State isn't even close to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's at least averaging 20 points a game. Iowa State's averaging 16. (laughs) <laughs> that that many Iowa State is yeah that <laughs> would I would have guessed uh, lower than sixteen. It might be a like a nine six football game between those two. Well, someone's going to have to have a defensive score if it's going to get to nine to six. <laughs> they're missing sounds... they're missing the PAT obviously, but who yeah. can force the most safeties? Yeah, probably it. Uh, okay, back to OU here. What do we know now after the uh, non-conference slate? I, uh, I, I feel, I, overall, I feel good about this team after the non-conference slate. I am a, a bit disappointed with the running backs and the offensive line. And I guess we can highlight those if, if you'd like. But outside of running backs and offensive line, which, I, like I said, I'm disappointed about, quarterback play, I think, has been exceptional. Wide receiver play has been from top to bottom, maybe a little bit better than I expected. Overall, defensively, a couple of busts, but for the most part, really good. My only complaint through the non-conference portion would be those two positions that I mentioned. Yeah, I think that's right. Special teams has been solid. Um, defense has has been really solid. Like statistically, you're in a really good spot. You're the number one offense in the conference by 15 points a game. Uh, you're the number one defense in the conference by uh, three points a game, 9.3 a game average. UCF is 12. Um, yeah, I, you're in a good spot. Now, admittedly, and I don't know everyone's non-conference schedule, but we, we did have a weak non-conference schedule, okay? No doubt. But you can't punish our team for for playing and doing what they are supposed to do against the teams that they've played. So um, I'm with you. Offensive line, shockingly, is feels like it's lagging behind. What we thought and hoped was going to be one of the strengths of the offense is it's kind of lagging behind right now. Doesn't mean they still can't get there because I do like their personnel. But for whatever reason, we're still we're still waiting on them to, to find that dominance. Uh, and it, that's not unusual. We've seen that before with offensive lines at Oklahoma, really good offensive lines. Yeah, 2008, they didn't get going until after the Texas game. But once they got going, um, they got going at an elite level. But they, they, need to, they need to get it going before the Texas game. That would they be need their to best get it going they need to get week. going this Saturday, yes, against that Cincinnati defensive line. I know Cincinnati lost, but I'm telling you, it it is still there. The worst thing that could have happened is Cincinnati losing because it's just human nature. They lost to Miami, Ohio. Oh, we're good. We're set. 
It's human nature. But that defense is legit. They uh, did look pretty gettable down the field uh, with the way OU's receivers play and the way Dylan Gabriel's playing. Well, I mean, everyone looks gettable the way the receivers looked on Saturday, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's kind of that's where I'm at right now after three games is, yes, the non-conference slate was not great, though SMU could really, you know, I, SMU could look a lot better if they beat TCU. But the way it looks right now, not a great non-conference slate. No one's going to try to tell you otherwise. But I still think that there's some things that you can take away from the first three games, like... The secondary is better. Gentry Williams making the play that he did on Saturday and some of the other plays, they are a better defense than what they were a year ago. I I think that I'm very, very comfortable saying that. So just overall defensively, I think they got a real chance to be better, maybe a lot better at wide receiver. We'll know more in a few weeks. I understand that. But do we have enough of a sample size to determine if some individual positions are better? Like, yeah, man. I don't need to see them play Texas just yet to say that the corners and safeties are better. Right. I mean, they have five picks on Saturday. That's the first time since 2003. Right. Yeah, and a couple of really nice ones. You know? A couple of, Gentry Williams had a great game one, going. One-on-one deep ball just makes a play. Got that shoulder all tuned up, but um, he's in a really good spot. I think Kanai Walker's come in and played some good corner for him. It gives you some good size there. Uh, I know Makari Vickers had that bust that resulted in a touchdown, but he also had some really nice plays uh, at corner that, that I saw. Um, Robert Spears Jennings came in and got some good time. That dude is an absolute headhunter. Um, feel good about the youth, the, the youth movement coming in. And, you know, Kip Lewis continues to play well at linebacker. You got uh, PJ up PJ. there at edge. Big play, so, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that are performing well right now. Sarks Vodka says the thing I love about this team is the defensive adjustments. Don't love the run game, but luckily for us, we have Bill as our offensive line coach, and I do trust it'll come together. I think defensive adjustments will take us farther than possibly capping out at 28 points per game in conference, if that makes sense. So right. th- that and that is like the positive side of it, and. Like, this doesn't have to be, I think, to build on Sark's Vodka's point a little bit, what's happened throughout the first three games obviously doesn't need to be the final verdict of what happens this year. So if the offensive line and if the run game can come along, along with everything else that we just talked about, it has a chance to be a really good football team, man. Really good football team. Right. Yep. Um, I am... I'm I'm optimistic. I think that where you where you see us right now, we're 16 in the AP, we're 14 in the coaches, and I haven't seen anything from anybody yet where I feel like Oklahoma doesn't belong on the field with them. Not consistently. Yeah, and couldn't beat them in uh, a neutral side or, or however you want to phrase that. I think that they're right there with everyone in the country at the moment and improving. 918, if Savion Birds in, ends up missing extended time, do we see Caden Green start at left guard? Yes. Yeah. I think you see Caden Green start at left guard this week if Savion Bird's out. Panda in Texas says still only getting 176 yards per game. What a horrible line we have. Uh, in the rushing? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you right now. Um, typically, I'd be with you, but there's some things that are um, a little bit concerning in the running game. Uh, our rushing success rank, and this is of 130 teams, and these are just some metrics that, that are out there. Rushing success rate, we rank 50th. Uh, rushing explosiveness, we uh, we rank 124th. Ooh, uh, opportunity man. rate, we're 45th. Power success rate, we're 94th. So, uh, and you look at some of the offensive line uh, metrics, we're not great. Um, pressures allowed, we're 53. Blown run block percentage, we're 54. Total blown block percentage, we're 37. So there's some there's some stuff there that, and I don't know, like you just got to kind of take those metrics for what they are, and we haven't played like those metrics should be way better given the competition that we've played, because I know people are going to laugh and I'll hit the text line on me over and over and that's fine. Cincinnati's defensive line is legit, and if we don't play better. Our guys are going to get exposed in a really, really bad way. One more day from Norman. Not sure if you've mentioned it yet, but Michigan State is officially working towards firing Mel Tucker per ESPN. Yeah, mentioned that during Locked In. Um, looks like they're going to fire him for cause, which I'm sure they are very happy to get out of that contract. Well, not great, not Mel Tucker. Get, they ain't going to get out of it without a uh, a lawsuit well, that's, that's going to go well, on that, for a really long yes, time. Yes, that will that will that will be ongoing. The report yep. even says that. Well, you know that's interesting. We'll we'll see what happens there with Michigan State. It's I don't know how good of a job it is. I don't know what what coaches out there think of it. I mean, there's definitely much worse. I mean, mid mid tier Big Ten right now, but has a high ceiling. We'll see what happens. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. Sooner football talk lives here. This is The Ref. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory. Shotgun snap, Gabriel. Fakes the handoff. Looks right, throws right, slant pass. Caught by Jalil Farouk. Five-yard line, steps out of a tackle. Touchdown! Double OQ! And the Sooners strike in two plays. Reaction Monday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's time for our under the radar player brought to you by Boy Street Ventures. Boy Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under the radar sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Text line, you know what to do if you have an under the radar player from Saturday. Text him in. If you have an under the radar player throughout the first three weeks, send those uh, hmm. in as well. Just specify. If you mean more of Saturday or the first three weeks, I have um, I've got an under the radar player for the first three games and an under under the radar player for Saturday. I'll start for the first three weeks. I I don't know why we aren't discussing Dylan Gabriel more, but he's been incredible, man. Sixty six yeah. of eighty, eighty two percent completion percentage, eleven touchdowns to one interception. Some thought. That should have been a P.I. call on the deep ball to Freeman on Saturday. 905 yards. You talked about the uh, rushing numbers last segment. So, without maybe a consistent run game, dude is balled out for three straight weeks. 
he has, and um, you know, he also got crushed right as he's throwing that football um, because we got whipped up front. You know, we had a max protect on, and we still. Um, I think that was Ostrowski that got through, wasn't it? Uh, I think that's right. Forty-eight and had a big old hit on the on Dylan Gabriel, and he couldn't step into it. Fluttered, went high, and you know that was that. So yeah, I think it's crazy that Dylan Gabriel is uh, under the radar. But you're you're right. I mean, I bet a lot of people don't know that he's leading the country in like what is it? All the different metrics like quarterback rating and efficiency and all kinds of stuff. I mean, he was voted a Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week, but just really, I think just kind of throughout the fan base, it's it's gone underappreciated how how uh, how well he's played. He's got to continue that, of course, but all good throughout the uh, out throughout the first three games. Uh, let me get right. to some text here. Five eight zero says I thought Canick played well on Saturday. What do you think? Um, he had some nice moments. He had some nice moments. He's, you know, he's still, he's still lost uh, at times. He's still not able to access all the athleticism. There was a couple of really good plays where he was able to, to turn it on. You saw him run and pursue where he looked good, but you know, he's he's still, he's still working to get there. It's going to be a little bit. You know, it's it's. Luckily, he's got you know, a star sitting next to him. I'm sure, that that's, helps out. There's no doubt, and like he is, he's way behind where Stutzman was. At you know, he's in the same position Stutzman was last year. First year starting, um, Danny played a little bit more as a as a freshman than Canick did, but first year starting, and he just overall is already behind because you know Danny's been playing backer for a long time and Canick just has it he doesn't have that base underneath him base of knowledge so it's going to be it's going to be a work in progress so he had some nice plays and he's starting to stack some up but there's some other stuff where you know they're going to be really pressuring him to come along up there. Aaron in Tulsa says for the first three weeks under the radar has been Kip Lewis. Yeah. He's been good. Yeah. He's been really good. Trey noted D, uh, Dylan Gabriel Hater says, yeah, DG played well. He needs to keep it up. I like the pick because it showed they weren't going to sit back and play conservative. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lane in California says under the radar, how about Kendall Dolby? Had a pick uh, on Saturday. Yep. Had played a nice, well. really nice play out there. Um. Yeah. Derek says, "Can I Walker?" Uh, you can finish that yeah. thought, but there's just a Can I Walker that's on the list. No, I like the Can I Walker. His has looked good. Added some nice depth at corner. Um, you know, had to come in in a tough spot early last week against a good SMU team. Um, and as soon as he came out there, they double moved him. But you know, he he was actually in a pretty good position. Has good makeup speed. Physical player. I like Kanai Walker a lot. He's come along, uh, added some good depth there. Uh, what I was going to say is I would I would maybe go with Coe from Saturday. I thought I thought he played good. He had Starting one big-time highlight play. I think everyone knows what play I'm talking about in the third yep. quarter. Well, he had, they were back-to-back. He had the one uh, on the passing play, and then he had a tackle for loss on the next play. 
in the running game. Or maybe that the order of that is flipped. But um, I'm you're starting to see that defensive line. He and Terry are starting to play way lower, and it's coming around. They're getting there. Colin KC, his underrated player through the first three weeks was my under-the-radar player from Saturday. He goes with Jaden Gibson. Seems like he made a big-time yeah. effort to not drop any passes this season. Made one hell of a catch on Saturday. That kid won't be our number one wide receiver, but could easily be a contributor this year. And, you know, Jaden Gibson, to me, was under the radar on Saturday because Nick Anderson had his best game of his career. Jaleel Farouk had the best game of his career. Drake Stoops had two touchdowns. Andrew Anthony had a big game. There were so many other wide receivers that had a big game. Not talking about Jaden Gibson again. His third consecutive opportunity in tight coverage comes away with that was a big play on a third and long, correct? Uh, yeah. Was that like a third and twelve, or was that? Maybe. Is that right? It was a heck of a play, though. I'm not sure what the down and distance was, but really nice play. I man, I thought he came in when they got down to the red zone. He came jogging on the field. I was like, oh boy, here we go. They're going to throw him one up, yeah. and never did. But I think there's, I think that's going to be something they do here moving forward. Four three zero under the radar is our new deep snapper. That's exactly where he needs to stay. <laughs> what What was that? I, I what happened? I have no idea. Maybe he's just been on the sidelines the huh. entire time. And that's where he needs oh, to stay. Yeah, that's right. Sooner that's Judy good. says uh, Kobe McKenzie under the radar so far. Yep, yep. He's been under the radar. Um, didn't get a whole lot of run against Tulsa, but. Did get some. He's looked good. Here is a fascinating one, uh, and I think I like it quite a bit. 405, under the radar is Woody Washington. We kind of take him for granted because he does such a good job. How many individual defensive players have we talked about for the first three weeks? It feels like everyone but Woody Washington. Yeah. Well, the better you are at corner, oftentimes the less you get talked about. Because you're just locking guys on, uh, locking guys down out there, and not getting a whole lot of balls thrown your way. And there's a lot of truth to that with Woody Washington. He's been good. I, Quiet at corner is good. I think this is a, a voice to text situation from the nine one eight. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just gonna read it how it says here. I'll name someone that didn't get a lot of a, uh, didn't get a lot of praise on Saturday, but I kind of like how Garden Halton played Saturday. And P.J. Eddie Bauer as well coming off the edge. <laughs> Grayson Holton does look good. Um, I, I like what he's got. Still undersized, but great motor, great pad level. Um, he's in a good spot moving forward. They give us some good reps coming in, um, he and uh, Ashton Sanders. So that's how I'm I wanna, happy with them. That's how I want to hear it from here on out. P.J. Eddie Bauer with the sack. Uh, Ohio Sooner, my under-the-radar guys, Blake Smith. Tight end is obviously a big weakness, and I didn't really expect him to contribute all that much, but I've been pleasantly surprised given the expectations for the position. Yeah, He had that drop right by the pylon. I think it was from Arnold, right? But outside of that, it feels like he's been good. Right. You know, he, I, I like what I've seen from him. Um, he, I Stogner's... I don't know. He at least had a catch Saturday. He had a catch. They saw him in action. Know, they used him where he was, you know, playing H back, where he was the insert guy in some of the running game, and that is not Stogner's strength. And you know, I, I 
I, I wish we had a straight fullback because our tight ends are tall guys that are not good at that play. I mean, you need some leverage. You need the willingness to go and thump somebody. And our guys are adequate at best right now at running some of those split zones and insert zone plays. Uh, I would like to have someone there that is excellent. It's a love fest on the text line. Nobody's really talking about Key Lawrence, but he has been quietly in on a lot of big plays. He he had a pick, right, Saturday? Yep. I mean, everyone on the team had a pick, so of course he did. He's been been really solid. I like where he's at, for sure. We got multiple safeties that are playing really well right now. Uh, Bowman, um, Pearson. Pearson had the hit of the day on Gentry Williams. That was nice uh, when he blew him up on that interception <laughs> return. Yes. Um, uh, Peyton Bowen, Spears Jennings. There's some. I like where we're at safety wise. You got another radar player. I think we mentioned everyone on the roster by now. So I think you've got Zach Schmidt left. That's unclaimed. And Schmidt. well, that's that's probably about it. It was yeah, kind of funny watching it. OU play in a stadium, and it, it, it was a it was a really fun atmosphere on Saturday. But they scored so many points on the I don't even know what I forgot what direction that was. It would just bang off that the, their uh, indoor facility that they had. Oh, you Dome. see the like um, up on the I don't know if you could see it from where you were, but the roof right next to it, the shingles are all destroyed from getting hit by footballs over and over. I did not see that. Saw the guys up there shooting off fireworks. Yeah. Did you like how every first down was sponsored up there, by the way? Smart. Did you see the um, – I don't know what it was. They had their in-stadium hype guy, which I guess everyone has now. But they had this little timeout thing where they were wearing those bubbles and I guess they were wrestling or <laughs> yeah. something. That yeah. was something. That was – it was so bad that you couldn't help but watch it. And I was looking at the OU sideline. All of the OU players were standing there watching it. it was I hope that funny. I hope that you weren't uh, relying on the scoreboard for. Uh, well, I, you you not so much. I hope Toby wasn't relying on the scoreboard for where the ball was at because it felt like it was a play behind all all game long. I didn't. We were at the wrong yard line. Yeah, I didn't snapped. even notice the scoreboard. Honestly, yeah. I did. Uh, Steve Largent did the the hurricane warning. The hurricane Did he really? thing before the game, yeah. Well, I remember hearing the the siren. Yeah, yeah, it was great. They got to upgrade that thing, man. I'm just telling yeah. you. Amen. That sounds pretty bad. Pretty bad. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Looking for a primary care doctor who puts your health first? Look to Norman Regional. Your health is our top priority. Norman Regional Primary Care Clinics provide compassionate, expert care with a physician or provider in your hometown. With 17 primary care clinics located throughout South Central Oklahoma, trust our team with your care for wellness visits, illness treatment, and management of chronic conditions. Call 405-515-5000. Sometimes we just need to unplug and take a break from our electronic devices. It can help reduce stress and allow us to reflect on the things that are really important in our lives. This message brought to you courtesy of the United States Air Force. 
It's What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by Yalagosny Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? At Yalagosny Law, communication is a priority. That's Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is... It's ugly at Alabama right now. They're about to play Ole Miss, and Lane Kiffin's going to stir the pot. He's uh, he's telling everyone who he thinks calling plays over there on the defensive side of the ball. What do you think about that? Well, he basically said that um, they made a change of firing after the Texas game. Uh, looking at them on film, that's not the way that – God, who's their defensive coordinator? Why am I blanking on it? Does it look like the way that he's called a game and it must be this new guy that they're familiar with? Yeah. Yeah, it was odd, wasn't it? Yeah, it's Kevin Steele yeah, is the uh, yeah. is the DC and he's saying that he thinks that the defensive backs coach uh Traveris Robinson's calling it. So Well Milrow's um, starting for Bama on Saturday. Saban did say that. That's right. Milrow is gonna get the start. Um so did, were you able to stay up for the Colorado-Colorado State game? Did you watch the whole thing? I tried, and then it was a little after halftime. I thought, oh, well, I think Colorado State might win this game. I passed out, didn't get to see the epic overtime ending. Yeah, well, there was a lot of stuff that went on in that game, obviously. It was, uh, it was great entertainment. But one of the biggest things coming out of there is the dirty hit on Travis Hunter. It's less, left him with a lacerated liver, and he's going to miss, what would they say, two, three weeks? He's going to miss three weeks. The Oregon, three the weeks. USC, and the Arizona State game. Just brutal. Um, was a dumb play, um, a dirty play. I hate that Travis Hunter's hurt. I hate that the college football world doesn't get to see him play against those two good teams. He's one of the best players in the country. Uh, I hate the whole thing. And I guess now, uh, Henry Blackburn is the kid's name. guess he's, uh, he's getting death threats now, uh, he and his family, after the hit on uh, Travis Hunter. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that whole game early on was just fight after fight after fight, yeah. which was entertaining to watch on TV. But Jay Norvell was a little disgusted. Like Colorado State's, I think, president has had to – issue or release a statement on everything that happens. I mean, we've seen Colorado talk some trash and some other teams talk some trash, but I don't think that we'll see that the rest of the season, but that was, I mean, it kind of did get out of hand if Travis Hunter's out a few weeks, but it was really close to getting out of hand Saturday night in Boulder. Dang. It was. Uh, other than the the dumb hit, I loved it. I thought it made, I mean, for uh, for watching a football game, it made for Unbelievable entertainment. That was a fun game to watch, and Colorado State's quarterback is legit, dude. He made some unbelievable throws in that game. Um, I was shocked at some of the decisions down the stretch uh, from Colorado State. I thought given some of the situations, not going for two, not going for it on fourth down late, I kind of understand, but. They thought that they were going to cut it All loose that, a little and they bit. had a chance up eight with under a minute left. Terrible right. tackling on uh, what Jimmy Horn, he scores. They get it in overtime. Yep. Missed opportunity yep. for CSU. Missed opportunities for sure, um, but that's all I've got. Uh, maybe you've heard the rumors that Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift are dating. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, he caught a touchdown pass yesterday, and 
Here was the call from Ian Eagle. Low snap. Mahomes moving pocket. Mahomes floats it up. Caught. Touchdown, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey finds a blank space for the score. Ah, that's pretty pretty <laughs> unbelievable job throwing in the blank space in there. Very nice, nice. Eagle. Very nice. That's pretty good. Uh, what's uh, and, and Toby in the Pentagon just texted this last segment. Under the radar player from this weekend is the F thirty five warplane that has just disappeared out of nowhere. The uh, Marine Corps has issued a two day stand down order for all aviation units, both inside and outside of the U.S., following the disappearance of an F-35 warplane. So, do I have this right? A pilot ejected, and the F-35, it just, it's just, no one knows where it's at? Right. I don't know. I've heard all kinds of wild speculation. I've heard that, and this is just people, like, throwing things out there. I've heard that uh, the plane ejected the pilot and someone or someone did it remotely ejected the pilot and took the plane somewhere um, because it's got some type of artificial intelligence. I've seen uh, that. I don't know where they came up with this, that the plane landed in Cuba. Uh, all kinds of crazy uh, conspiracy theories floating around on this thing. But it begs the question. What the hell happened? Why did he eject if the plane is still uh, operational? Supposedly there was another plane like on the wing with him. There's two two of them in formation. Uh, the other one didn't think it was necessary to maybe follow the other uh, jet and see if it was going to go crash into a, a, a building somewhere or something or a, a neighborhood. I, I don't know. It seems... Very strange. LaDonna from Lubbock says, I'm sure it's on autopilot to Ukraine. There's only one <laughs> right. person on Earth that can find where this um, this fighter jet is, this F-35. And this is going to go out to a very small portion of our audience that know what I'm talking about. It's the lady on the Netflix documentary about the disappearance of the Malaysian airliner. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. She, she's, she's the only one who could find out where this F-35 is. She's going to find the satellite not, shot. Not any government or anyone, and not any military or anything I else. You were, she's the only one. When you said there's one person, I was like, yep, you're right. Dog the bounty hunter's on it. Ah, uh, he's got a new woman, so he may be he may be a little bit occupied, occupied right now. Occupied, yeah. Last one I have. Baker Mayfield, 2-0 and so far wow. as a starter with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts, starters uh, that are 2-0 and in the NFL. Dude, but, uh, yesterday was a day for the OU players, dude, wasn't it? Mark Andrews with the touchdown, Trey Brown uh, with the pick six. Mims. There was a lot. Mims had a his first touchdown yesterday on a deep Mixon. ball. Yeah, um... Now, Baker got aided a little bit by Justin Fields not being very good, especially late in the fourth quarter, but who cares? He had a big touchdown pass to uh, to Mike Evans. Baker's having the start that we wanted to see. Let's go. Best team in the NFC South. Looks good. Looks comfortable. Uh, Getting that confidence back, and when Baker's got his confidence rolling, look out. It's going to be fun to watch. All right. Good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number two next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. 
GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Very good point by Zane on the text line talking about the missing F-35. Uh, text line can find it if you tell them it's a recruiting aircraft. And I do believe Zane on that one. <laughs> uh, you tell them oh Danny Okoye is in that aircraft, they'll, they'll, they'll find it immediately. Yeah, that's funny. Which, you're not looking for Danny Okoye. You know exactly where he was at Saturday night. On the post-game show with us, outside Chapman Stadium. Not at Texas. Not on that official visit to Texas. Yep, he was uh, He was with us on the post-game show. How'd that go? Well, I thought it went fantastic. Well, if good. you're talking about it, how it made me feel for OU's chances on Wednesday when he announces, yeah, it made me feel good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, he's a he's a good looking athlete, isn't he? Got uh, great length. Yes. He's super strong. I've seen some of his uh, weightlifting videos. Seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. Very very good head on his shoulders. I, he's very mature kid. Like him a and, lot. Um, I did I hear you guys on locked out correctly that if he commits to the University of Oklahoma football team. Will be a top five class right now. So Parker looked at that last week. I think it was Thursday, and he was doing the quick math on that one, and he thought it would get OU to the number five class on rivals. Yes, not yeah. an on three or twenty four seven, but you know, who cares? They'd have a top five class on rivals. Yeah, um, that's pretty. That's impressive, and we still got some other things shaking out there that are, that are going to help um i don't know once you get inside the top five it's hard to hard to climb much isn't it well especially when georgia feels like yeah. they have about half the five stars in this class 918 yeah. i would get teddy's face tatted on my backside if we would put kobe mac daddy in at fullback slash tight end yeah a lot of i told coach venables you. last week at rudy's that he should put kobe mckenzie at H back. I'll tell him again tonight and keep hammering at home. What did he say last week? Uh, he started laughing. Uh, he's like H back, huh? I was like, well, the dude can absolutely smash people, and that's a big need right now. My point is, if if he's going to be, you know, third team Mike Backer, why not? And you know, number one. Biggest problem with that, Kobe may say, uh, no. But I don't know. Like, I, I want to get the kid on the field. I think he definitely helps the football team. 405, in regards to the missing F-35, my mom wants to know if they checked the last place they had it. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, the, all the responses and everything to that are It's amazing. Hilarious. I, I'd like a little bit of information, you know. I... If they're asking the public to help, it sounds like they literally know nothing. Yeah, is there a reward? Uh, is the F-35 on the side of a milk carton somewhere? Yeah. If there's a reward, well, I'll take the rest. We can take the rest of the week off and try to find this thing. Now, 
knew it goes for eighty million. I don't know what it ga- goes for lightly used. Uh, Sixty million dollars. You should at least get ten million bucks if you find it. Yeah, I'll, I'll check on Facebook Marketplace to see if it, if it's anywhere. It's it's listed there already. Someone already has it, trying to sell it off to someone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it'll pop up. Well, maybe it won't. Probably never see it again. All right. Quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush coming up next here from Newcastle. You're listening to the home of Sooner.